is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Are you ready to put your season in the hands of Damian Williams? 56% owned in CBS Sports Leagues and could be getting a ton of work tonight. Welcome to the Thursday show. It is December 13th, and we've got eight AFC home games to talk about. Plus, we'll uh, we'll go back and talk about a ninth AFC home game, the game tonight, the Chargers-Chiefs game. We'll start with that. Uh, good morning, Heath, Dave, Jamie. Are you ready for the semifinals? Yes. Let's get it on. It, man, there is nothing like a Thursday game with, like, 17 fantasy-relevant players to just get us fired up. Yeah. And uh, what do we know about the running backs right now, guys? What what should we do at running back tonight? Uh, remember that Justin Jackson Spencer Ware showdown we were expecting? <laughs> yeah, you probably think, not so much. Do you think Gordon's going to play? Yes, practiced twice this week and made the trip to Kansas City. I would be stunned if he didn't play at this point. Well, okay, it's going to be tough to know right now. It's nine fifteen in the morning. But what kind of workload are we expecting from Melvin Gordon? Where are you ranking Melvin Gordon? Or do you need more information? Do you think we'll get that information before kickoff? I don't know that we'll get too much more information. I am ranking him as a low-end number one running back. And just to put that in perspective, if he was 100% healthy and had no concerns of injury whatsoever, I would probably have him third, maybe fourth at the very lowest. So now I'm going to rank him right after the Joe Mixon, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson group. But I, you're starting him. Yeah, okay. I am ahead of Johnson, and uh, I I think you you start him as if he's going to be a number one quarterback, running back. I I love that quarterback. Wide um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I I I'm more in agreement with Heath. I think you got to build in a little bit of trepidation that he's not 100. percent So, um. He's at the the back end of the number one guys for me. So who are you starting over him? Uh, Fournette, Dalvin Cook, David Johnson, uh, Chubb, Lindsey, all those guys. I mean, I think he's 12, 13. He's right there. Yeah. All right. I'll be Mr. Optimistic on Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon, you know, if, if he plays, people are going to start him, and that means people are not going to start Justin Jackson. Uh, but what about Damian Williams? Boy, are we getting flooded with Damian Williams questions. I just got So here's an interesting one. I just got one. Half PPR, Damian Williams or Tyler Boyd? Williams. I think I'm, I think I'm going to lean toward Williams. Yeah. All right. What do you expect tonight from Damian Williams? Assuming Spencer Ware is out, he's doubtful right now. Assuming would, Spencer. Oh, I'm sorry. Jim. No, I I would expect somewhere between Spencer Ware against the Raiders and Spencer Ware against the Ravens. I have him projected for 71 total yards and a. .75 touchdown. That sounds about right to me. I think he'll be, and, and I think he can get like five catches on top of that. So I've got him for four. So yeah, I've got him close to a top twelve in in PPR and you know middle of the pack number two running back in non PPR. Here's what I like: Kareem Hunt this year had about 19 touches per game on average. He gets kicked off the team. Spencer Ware in his two games had 17.5 touches per game. Damian Williams was already getting nine and a half touches per game as the backup behind Spencer Ware. And now that he's going to be the guy, I think we can safely assume, assuming there's no hijinks from Andy Reid, that he can get in that 15-plus touch range. Yeah, and now earlier this week, I think on the waiver Wire show, I said that the Chargers uh, were really good against pass-catching running backs. In terms of touchdowns, they are. They've only allowed two, but six running backs have had 45 or more receiving yards against the Chargers. That's a pretty big number. Um They've been better lately, but there's there's opportunity here. You want points. You want the running back who's going to be on the on the high scoring team. That's Damian Williams. Damian Williams or Melvin Gordon tonight. Oh, Melvin. Melvin. Gordon. Right. We have breaking news. Oh yeah. It's really important. Somebody just shared with us on Twitter. Butterfinger has been completely overhauled by Nutella's parent company, including a new recipe. Uh, we have more important breaking news. According to ESPN, it will be challenging for Melvin Gordon to play Thursday night against the Chiefs. All right, wow. so so if he doesn't play, Justin Jackson or Damian Williams? Justin Jackson. 
Justin Jackson. So I according I... to Adam Schefter, Chargers initially were told the knee injury that Gordon suffered was two to four weeks. It's now 18 days, and while the Chargers won't make a final determination on Gordon until pregame warm-ups, it will be challenging for him to play tonight. So does that change how you feel about him? Do you move him down in the rankings, or are you just going to wait until the enactment? If he plays, I'm keeping him where he is. Right. Gordon. If he's out, I think I'm still going to go with Damian Williams ahead of Justin Jackson. Yeah, they're both going to be pretty enticing starts. Uh, can I can I say one last thing on Damian Williams? Yeah, yeah. Had a goal line touchdown last week. That was with Spencer Ware active, and then once was Spencer that when Ware, Ware got hurt though? When he? Oh, maybe I don't think it was on the same drive. Was it after that? I don't. But recall. I know Ware came back into the game after he got yes, after he hurt his shoulder. But Ware left for a brief period. I can double check that if you want. But I like that he had the goal line carry. And he also caught a five-yard touchdown with the game on the line late. I, I like that confidence. I like that the coaches know. They, they proved last week that they trust him in those situations. Why wouldn't they trust him again in those situations on a short week against a tired defense at home? I guess if you want to hear our, our preview of the game, you can listen back to it yesterday on yesterday's show. But my final question would be, the way you f- felt about Spencer Ware now that we think he's out, do you feel basically the same way about Damian Williams? Do you feel better because Ware's not in the picture? Or do you feel slightly worse because maybe you think Ware's a better player? Like, How would you compare how you felt about Spencer Ware yesterday to how you feel about Damian Williams today? I have Williams ranked higher than I had Ware ranked. Agreed. Just because there's fewer mouths to feed. I, I mean, I think he's still going to share with either Daryl Williams or Charkandrick West. But I... I feel more confident in his production, yes. Okay. Uh, watch uh, watch CBS Sports HQ tonight. There's a sports line show on from 6 to 7. Keep you updated on everything. Drop some fantasy takes in there. CBS Sports yeah, I'll, HQ. I'll, I'll be on there giving some DFS info, and we'll go over the scenario again. Cool. Good stuff. All right, moving on from that big news. We have a lot of news to get to today. Here's a ridiculous stat. The Oakland Raiders have 11 sacks in 13 games. Just think about that. 11 sacks. I only went back the last five years. But in the last five years, the fewest sacks for any team was 2015. The Falcons had 19 sacks. The Raiders are not going to get eight sacks in their last three games. So they that is just shocking. How many sacks does Khalil Mack have? That's what I'd like to know. He probably doesn't have 11. But he does he have a chance, I wonder, to out-sack... I would guess he has more than 11. You think so? I'm looking it up right now. You yeah. say 11? I'll take the under on 11. I think he has 8. Adam says 8. How many sacks is Khalil? Oh, I'll take the over. I'm, I'm taking 12. It is 10. Oh. 10 sacks. He has 10. <laughs> the Raiders have 11. Wow. Um, here's a, a That was a ridiculous stat. Here's a ridiculous way to lose. You know Will Brinson. He was on the show yesterday. You know Matthew Coca. He's popped on twice. Matthew Coca beat Will Brinson in that dynasty league. On a stat correction, what happened? Uh, he was uh, Brinson took the lead in the fourth quarter on of Monday Night Football with a pass defensed, and for a short period of time beat Coca by point zero eight points. <laughs> and Coca's fraudulent run continued <laughs> with a stat correction, and he is moving on to face Jamie in the semifinals. Uh, I believe both teams in that game were outscored by every other team in the playoffs this week. <laughs> but congratulations, Matthew Coca. You completely deserve it. Very sincere. Oh, that is a terrible way to lose. And then to have Coca brag about it on Twitter and tag Will in it, that's that's even worse. But that's that's part of fantasy football. you got to love it. Uh, news and notes, guys. Lamar Jackson's going to start this week. Carson Wentz is unlikely to play this week, and there's a chance they could shut him down this for this season. Nick Foles, where do you plan on ranking Nick Foles if he starts? He's 8% owned. He will be at the Rams this week. He is a top 32 fantasy quarterback. <laughs> oh, he's 33 for me. <laughs> he's 33. You've got two guys from yeah, the first. Taysom Hill. Taysom you have Hill Flacco ahead of him. Taysom Hill over him. Well, I mean, I think it's worth asking because, you know, two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues. Well, sure. I, I've yeah, got... if you're desperate in a two quarterback he, league, he's... you can go to Foles. Absolutely. He's an option in two QB leagues. Uh, I, I think you look at it. Look, the first two games of the season. He didn't have Alshon. Obviously, didn't have Golden Tate. So the receiving core is different. Um, offensive line is probably worse than where it was at the start of the season. So he just did not play well in those two games against Atlanta and Tampa Bay. 
And as we know now, looking back, that was the game where Atlanta got hurt. So it's not necessarily the defense that it is. But Tampa Bay was bad at the time, and he did not play well against them. I'd start him over Matthew Stafford. Uh, yeah, I'd rather start Driscoll. Ryan, yeah, I would. I would rather start Driscoll. Driscoll, okay. Ryan Tanhill's going to play with an ankle injury, and running back news: James Conner missed practice, so you you have to start Damian Williams, Justin Jackson over Conner, right? I would start Williams over Conner, and I would start Williams over the Forty ers guys. Because so Brita. you may like Jeff Wilson better. But I think there's a chance with Matt Breida potentially playing, you have to start Williams to be safe. Okay. <clears throat> uh, David Johnson missed practice with a quad injury, but he's expected to play. And Jamie was just alluding to Matt Breida. He was limited in practice, so he has a chance to play. LaShawn McCoy missed practice, but Chris Ivory practiced in full. So I'm just going to ask it. Like, you had started running back tonight over Chris Ivory, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I would start Justin Jackson over Chris Ivory. Even if Gordon plays, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Darius Geis had three additional knee surgeries after his ACL surgery due to an infection. Man, what's going on with that? Because Alex Smith's like career is in jeopardy right yeah, now. They because of an team doctor, so yeah, they need new doctors. Yeah, it's different operations though. Because he Smith was, um, I believe, done in Washington. Geis went to uh, Doctor Andrews. He just had a, a freak situation. And it's a sh- I mean, for for dynasty owners of Darius Geis, we don't know enough right now, but. That's obviously a bad thing, and we hope uh, we hope for the best for him. Wide receiver news: T.Y. Hilton mispracticed with an ankle injury. It's a new injury. He's always banged up. He came back after the ankle injury last week, so I'm sure we expect him to play right now. Doug Baldwin has a chance to play this week. Odell Beckham Jr. did not practice yesterday, but he has a chance to play. He's improving. Uh, Quincy Anunua could play on Saturday. We're going to talk about Robbie Anderson in a moment because he's part of our rankings disputes. Deshaun Jackson's unlikely to play. Kiki QT could return this week and face the Jets on Saturday. One more. Allen Robinson missed practice, right? He did. With a groin slash hip injury. Okay. Thank you, Heath. Uh, Austin Hooper missed practice with a leg injury. And offensive line news. Big stuff here. Ryan Kelly, the Colts center. He was limited in practice. Hope he gets back. He's outstanding. Uh, Green Bay put their right guard, Byron Bell, on IR, and their right tackle, Brian Bulaga, may not play, and that's not going to be good at the Bears. Left tackle, Teron Armstead, could return for the Saints this week. They have the Monday game. Cincinnati left tackle, Cordy Glenn, pra- Cor- uh, Cordy Glenn practice. Excuse me. Oakland's offensive line is really beat up, but they have a great matchup against Cincinnati. And on defense, we got some defensive back news. Marlon Humphrey for the uh, Ravens. He played through a groin injury last week, missed practice yesterday. He's probably going to play, but he's going to play hurt against Tampa Bay. Eric Berry expected to play tonight. Miami cornerback Xavier Howard will likely miss another game. And Atlanta defensive tackle J- uh, Grady Jarrett missed practice. And that would be helpful for David Johnson. Rankings disputes for the AFC home games mostly. We'll throw one NFC ranking. No, we'll do that. We'll do Trubisky tomorrow. Let's do the three AFC ones um, for the games we're going to preview today. Deshaun Watson. Heath, you didn't learn your lesson. You got him third again. Jamie's got him seventh. Dave has Watson fourteenth. Wow! I reject the notion <laughs> that I should learn a lesson from one week of football and change my ranking because of it. Well, how often has he been top five? Occasionally, I actually just dropped him a few minutes ago, so he's now twelfth for me. Oh wow! From what? From ninth? I said from seventh mm-hmm. to twelfth. Heath Island. Heath Island. Okay. What? What do you tell me about uh, Deshaun Watson at the Jets? Why you're pumped? I like the rushing volume. I like the matchup, and I think he's going to be awesome. I, I don't know how much work he's going to have to do. I think if the Jets could score some points for a change, then that would force Deshaun Watson to throw. But I think they're just fine letting him be a, a low-volume passer. And uh, the, the matchup would be great if he had to throw 30 times. But I don't expect him to be... Um, ultra efficient like he was for that five touchdown 20 attempt game he had I don't know what was that like a month and a half ago something like that uh, I I worry about him coming through with two touchdowns the rushing will be there the yardage will be all right DeAndre Hopkins will get his and that'll be about it so yeah. I I just see other quarterbacks with more upside than Deshaun Watson this week yeah I, yeah, I mean for me it's a play sorry. against Jets Jets are terrible yeah, right. That's what I was going to say. It's hard to see him having a bad game because eight of the right. last 10 quarterbacks to face the Jets have scored 21 or more fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. The the exceptions were Osweiler and Josh Allen. So it's yeah, a good I, I think floor. That's, that, I mean, 
again, I, I, I see both sides of it. That's kind of why I'm uh, <laughs> going back and forth in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's I, I don't see necessarily the ceiling that probably Heath does, but I probably see a little bit higher floor than what Dave has. He's been under 250 yards in seven of his last eight games. And he had two passing yards. Last week. Passing yards. He's been over 250 yards in three straight. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he'll probably, he's you got the 30, 30, 40 rushing yards. You know, that could happen. Sure. And maybe more. Okay, so uh, that's the Sean Watson. Watson or Rivers? Rivers. I'm, I'm I have Rivers by a spot. Okay, uh, more rankings disputes. How about, uh, where are we? Robbie Anderson. Oh, Jarvis Landry is the other one. All right, how about, how about Jarvis Landry? Uh, so Dave and Jamie have Landry around 20th. Heath has Landry in the low 30s. Heath Island. Heath Island. I we I think we may have talked about this earlier in the week, but like if you look at his production in the passing game over the last five weeks since Freddie Kitchens took over, it's abysmal. He has one game with more than 60 yards. He scored one touchdown. He has zero games with more than six catches. Good. That's a good argument, Heath. Dave and Jamie, what do you have to say about Jarvis Landry? Okay. I, I, okay. Go, go ahead. Okay. I, I think Jarvis Landry has kind of proved over the last couple of weeks that he can be used in a number of ways in the offense. And uh, Kitchens even said it this week when talking to the media. He said, anytime you make big plays, whoever's making them, it energizes the team as a whole. Jarvis is definitely an electric kind of personality and player. Anytime you can get the ball into Jarvis's hands, it is good. They've been doing that the last couple of games. It hasn't been eight, nine catches like we might have seen from him earlier this year or in years past when he was in Miami. But he's making plays. Baker's making plays. It's a good matchup against Denver. I don't mind trusting him as a low-end number two receiver. Okay. There's two things for me. One, once we get past like around the 15 to 18 market receiver, it's pretty lumped in with a lot of like, okay, maybe this, maybe that. This guy could do this. This guy could do that. Um, I do like the involvement the last two weeks, but it's also a play against Denver. You know, they're down two cornerbacks. Obviously, without Chris Harris there, that's a, a, a bad spot for them. And I, I do think that as Baker is improving, he's going to start to, okay, now where do I go to get production from certain guys? And you see Njoku dropping passes. You see Antonio Callaway making, uh, you know, some, some questionable plays. Um, Rashard Higgins isn't a consistent receiver. Rashard Perryman's a one or two shot type of guy. So I think in the five to eight targets that Landry will get, plus now if they're just trying to get the ball in his hands in some creative ways, and given the matchup, I think it's he's in that that number two range. Um, uh, with a, for me a little bit of a lean toward the high end of that. Okay, so I know this will probably be an easy answer for Heath, but would you start a running back tonight over Jarvis Landry? Both I, I would too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, okay. This, this isn't a Jarvis Landry is a great start. Right, it, right. It's again. It's it's the receiver landscape. It's and he'll get pushed down. You know, if uh, Odell plays and um, try to think of anybody else. But yeah, I mean, obviously Odell's the big one. But he's he's just somebody. I think that it's it's worth the gamble, given what you've seen the last couple of games and how they're trying just to keep him more involved. Okay, you want to talk about Heath Island, which is the new name of the rankings dispute segment. Jarvis Landry is uh, that's been a, that's been a Wednesday staple on FFT for a, a while. A little lower than the others, but Robbie Anderson is much higher for Heath. Robbie Anderson is twenty second in Heath's rankings in non PPR, twenty fifth in PPR, outside the top forty eight for Dave and Jamie. I'm going to let Dave and Jamie have the first word. Jamie, tell us why Robbie Anderson, who had seven targets last seven Each targets last he weeks in a row, three of his last four actually, Two, yeah. Um, is outside your top 48. Oh, he's just inconsistent. I mean, you know, you're getting the four catches. Last week was good. What do you have, four for 77 and a touchdown? Yeah, four yeah. for 76 and a touchdown. 76 yeah. touchdown. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be the case on a regular basis for him, and I do buy into the uh, Texans pass rush, making things very uncomfortable for Sam Darnold. So I don't think he's going to have time to necessarily make some plays down the field. Um, I, I don't have a problem with Anderson. I probably am maybe a few spots too low, but I don't think I, he cracked the top 40. What is the difference between him and, I mean, you kind of referenced this, Jamie, that that glop of receivers that you just don't feel great about. Now, I'm not saying he belongs in the glop starting in the 20 range. I am. But you you <laughs> might, and, and I think you might. You started more Landry. Yes. All right, and it's because of the upside, right? Because yes. he's got that chance to have one catch and break it big. for Sure, but there's been a hell of a lot more downside with him. Of course, the downside in non-PPR and, I don't know, let's go back 
let's go back to the last four games, right? He's had seven or more targets in three of those four. Uh, he had four for 32, two for 22, four for 48. And then last week he, he had a touchdown and he had a 37-yard connection. Right, and, and I think you could look at the same thing. In the last four games, Jarvis has had two for 22, three for 30, and three for 57. Sure, but one guy's playing a Broncos team that's down their one at their best corner. And I, that's, I think that's another point that I mean, we didn't talk about it with Jarvis Landry. I, I think the Broncos at home against a rookie quarterback with their playoffs hopes still alive, even without Chris Harris, are going to be good defensively this week. And the Texans with their playoff hopes. I, I think the Texans will be good too. I don't, the Texans, to me, about, they do I mean, not you, have. You've got a, two receivers catching passes from rookies. Well, let me just say that the Texans, to me, do not have a good pass defense. They have played they very have great pressure. They don't have a good pass rush? Good, def- good pass defense. Uh, they, to me, have faced very weak competition. And you look at some of the wide receivers who have done well against them. Uh, talking guys like Taewon Taylor, Sterling Shepard, Zach Pascal twice, Zay Jones, Dante Moncrief, Devontae Parker, Antonio Callaway have all had respectable games. I don't think I have the guts to start Robbie Anderson. But I just want to point out that the Texans, because of their schedule, their defense looks better than it is. Their run defense is pretty legit. Their pass defense, in my opinion, not so great. That doesn't mean they can't do well against the Jets, but it, I don't think it's a bad matchup for Robbie Anderson, is what I'd say. Heath, right, final so word, since you have him in the 25 range? I There was an interview with Sam Darnold this week, and he, they were talking about the interceptions, because early in the year, you remember, he was just like, he wouldn't throw the ball to Robbie Anderson because he wouldn't throw it more than five yards down the field. And he talked about how he's he's really just decided he's going to let it go here at the end of the season. And so I, I expect Robbie Anderson is going to continue getting about seven targets a game. I was a believer in Robbie Anderson before the season, and that's the okay. final word. Look, right. if you're in a situation where you just want to take a shot on a guy, I mean, wh- what difference is there between him and you know Robert Foster, Jordy Nelson? Uh, that, I, I'm glad you went there because I have a cool stat on Jordy Nelson. Okay, um, Jordy should be better than Robbie. Anderson. That's he, I would in go PPR, with. PPR, I think there's no question. But in non PPR, I think their floor is basically the same. There's a million wide receivers who have this three or four point floor, and uh, maybe don't quite have the upside that Anderson could have. But we've just seen it so more often than not that Anderson doesn't come through. Here's a Jordy Nelson stat. He's facing the Bengals, and he has had seven to eleven targets in two straight games. I wish it had been more, but it's two straight games. <laughs> uh, there have been 17 wide receivers with seven, eight, nine, ten, or 11. Seven to 11 targets against the Bengals. 17 wide receivers. 12 of them scored 13 or more fantasy points in PPR. The five who did not, three of them were Ravens, so they barely count. Sammy Watkins had four catches for 74 yards, and Chris Goblin had a bad game. Do Ravens count less than Raiders? Uh, <laughs> about the same. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know it, it's a great, it's a very good matchup for for Jordy Nelson, and most people aren't going to be starting either Nelson or Robbie Anderson. So let's talk more about players that they are going to be starting. Where is Jalen Samuels in your tight end rankings? A segment all into itself. Uh, right around six or seven. I'd put him at seven, two, three. Samuels was the number eight tight end in non PPR last week, number seven in PPR. Does it worry you that he had eleven carries for twenty eight yards at Oakland? Like we don't know that he's a good ball carrier. No. They haven't been running the ball well as a team for about a month. So you just think he had seven catches for sixty four yards. So you think he'll good chance to score, a lot of involvement in the in the game. Okay. Yeah, I mean the Patriots are terrible against pass casting running backs. I believe they're top five in receptions allowed to the position. There. So yes, he should, he, yeah. he should have uh, the chance to do well in that regard. Yes, Jamie, they are. In fact, they uh, they're no six most catches, six most receiving yards to running backs. So okay, oh, we were so close. Um. Okay, that's that's a segment, and then this segment. Just want to let everybody know where Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen have finished in four point versus six point per passing touchdown leagues. Lamar Jackson's made four starts. In those four starts, I will give where he finished. In four point per passing touchdown leagues, followed by six point. Thirteenth and seventeenth. Eighth and fifteenth. Twelfth and fifteenth. And then last week he was actually better. Thirteenth and six point per passing touchdown leagues, sixteenth in four point. Pretty big difference though for Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen in his last three games since returning from the injury. Pretty similar actually. Fifth in four point and sixth in, in six point. Second and second. 
two weeks ago, and then last week he was eighth in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, and he was 17th in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Uh, so when we give rankings, they are typically for six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Just keep in mind, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, bump them up a few spots in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Uh, all right, we're just about ready to get to the games. I keep putting off Team Name Tuesday, but I feel obligated to read this one from Evan. Evan says on Team Name Tuesday on a Thursday, Happy Holidays! Whether you celebrate Chris Gus, Januka, or even Saquonza, these songs will have you Pete Caroling all night long. I might need some help with these Christmas songs because I don't know all of them. Oh, Cameron, ye grateful? Oh, come all ye faithful. That's pretty good. I really can't stay, but baby, it's Carlos Hyde. Baby, it's cold outside. Very good. Santa Claus is coming, McCown. I know that one. Dion Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. I made it, Charles Clay. Felice Nagy Dodd. Alf have a blue Christmas. Oh, Christmas Tyreek. Blocking around the Christmas breeze. Have yourself a Mario to Christmas. And Alma Homes for Christmas. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I don't know good. if that's a team name. As much as it is just an awesome collection of holiday-themed fantasy. Maybe they're all team names. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Works for me. That's good. That's really good. That that was good, yeah. New England's at Pittsburgh. All right, your stat of the game. So, Jamie, you just talked about how bad uh, New England is against pass-catching running backs. What about Pittsburgh? They allow the second-fewest catches and the second-fewest receiving yards to opposing running backs. Only two running backs, Christian McCaffrey, five catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns, and Leonard Fournette, two catches for 46 yards. Only the only those two have had more than 24 receiving yards against the Steelers. Now, I seem to remember on that Thursday night game uh, against the Panthers, I, I'm pretty sure my stat of the game was about how good the Steelers had been about against pass-catching running backs, so and then Christian McCaffrey comes out, has five catches, 61 yards, and two touchdowns. So it typically doesn't matter for James White. But let's let's just start with the Patriots running backs. We'll, we'll go with the Patriots first here. Um, any interest in James White, Sonny Michelle? What do you do with these dudes? I mean, James White's a must-start in PPR. He's a at least a flex in non-PPR. This feels much more like a James White type of game than a Sonny Michelle game. Uh, Michelle's just been very disappointing the last two weeks. 37 carries over that span, and he's gotten less fantasy points than James Devlin and, and James White. Uh, obviously, Devlin's a fluke because of the touchdowns, but that's an important part of this for him is that clearly he's losing those goal line opportunities. He has seven catches on the season, and as much as the Steelers have given up touchdowns the last, uh, I think it's five games in a row, they've given up a touchdown to a running back. You're counting on that for Michelle to save you. I don't want to count on that right now. So he's... Uh, uh, I think a low-end starter at best, a non-PPR, and someone you may want to avoid completely in PPR. So I dug into the history of this game a little bit because these teams have played each other, I think it's one, two, three, four times in the last three years. And the Patriots have this pretty consistent track record of leaning on their running backs, but not through the air. And we've seen LeGarrette Blunt have big games, uh, five touchdowns on the ground in their last three against Pittsburgh. And so that makes me a little bit nervous about James White, but in PPR, he's given you eight-plus fantasy points three of his last four games. It's hard to get away from him because you know what he's capable of doing. I, I think that if Sony Michelle played better than he did last week, there'd be no doubt we'd be talking about saying that he's the number two running back this week. But he didn't play well the last two games. He well, had the chance. He was fine. He just didn't score. Well, I don't know. His rushing average wasn't great. It's gone downhill. And he had a chance to ice the game last week. He had a short yardage carry last week, and he couldn't get the job done. Uh, so I'm worried that the Patriots could lose confidence in him and not give him as much work. I'm I'm very hesitant to start any Patriots running back in non-PPR. But but you agree that White is a must-start in PPR or no? I think you you just have to based on track record. I you know his numbers have gone down. It's, his recent track on, record he's is, got one game with eighteen PPR. It's fantasy. scary his recent track record. He's yeah, got one catch, seven catches, and two yeah. catches in his last three games. I I would hesitate. I have him ranked as if he's a must start, but I would hesitate to call him a must start just because there are guys that you could have picked up over, on waivers the last two weeks that I would start over him. James White. It's so like the the guys tonight. I would start the guys tonight over him in PPR. I would start Jalen Samuels over him in the same game. Yeah, my next question, who's the best running back in this game? 
Jalen Samuels. Samuels. <laughs> okay. It's incredible, man. But it is. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Patriots are not just, they're not good against running backs. Uh, would you guys start Jalen Samuels or Aaron Jones? Samuels and PPR. Yep. I'll take Jones. All right, which, who's the best uh, quarterback in this game? Roethlisberger. Ben. I think it's been, I've struggled with these guys, and I've got them both right around eight now. Um, I, I'll lean towards Ben. Okay. Yeah, i got to say, Brady, I think he's played well enough lately. He had, he had 311 yards against the Vikings. That is the most by any quarterback in a game that Everson Griffin's played. It's second most all year against the Vikings. Uh, he scored 23 points at the Jets three weeks ago, and he had a huge game, 32 points at the Dolphins last week. So yep. people are probably his yards per attempt there. is up over his last three games. That's a pretty good sign. He's only been sacked twice in his last three games. And what's the what's the variable? So. Rob Gronkowski came back. I, look, I know Gronk. He's not looking as good. He's cover. He's more coverable. But Gronk took those weeks off, came back, and Brady's been better. Uh, Roethlisberger, I'm, I, dude, Roethlisberger really, I'm re- ready for him to have a huge game. I feel like he's been knocking on the door, but his production, four straight games with 21 to 24 fantasy points, only two games with more than 24 fantasy points in his last eight games. And in, in this environment, that's just not good enough. He's always good, but I'm, can't, will he be great? I want a huge Roethlisberger game. What do you think? Uh, there's a chance for it. I feel, I What's feel like the he's definition? Due. 303? Well, 28 or more fantasy points in six point per pass. So that would get the least. job done. 303 with a turnover in there? I, I, there's absolutely a strong possibility of that happening so long as James Conner doesn't play. Okay. Uh, I guess I would, if James Conner plays, obviously you guys are going to start him. So how about the Patriots wide receivers? Because we know we're starting both Steelers guys. Um, how do you feel about Gordon and Edelman? Edelman's the must start for me. Uh, Gordon's the number three for me. Uh, they're both must starts. Uh, Dave, is Josh Gordon they're a must both, start? Yeah, they're both right up there. They're both number two receivers. Heath, you just want to see more targets? You talked about it when Grant came back. And Gordon had a good game last week. But he has seen his targets suffer. With all of the weapons there, it's been a lot of Edelman. It's been more Gronk. And it's been a little bit, what, 16 targets in his last three games? 17, I have. Uh, three good games, though. 70 yards, 58 and a touchdown against the Vikings, then 96 yards last week at Miami. Okay. Works for me. Uh, okay, so most people are probably going to start Gordon, but you heard it from Heath. Heath would start Robbie Anderson over Josh Gordon? Start Robbie Anderson over Josh Gordon. All right. Okay. Uh, Gronk, you're going to start. The, the Boy, the Steelers are terrible against tight ends. Wow. And how about uh, Vance McDonald? The Patriots are pretty bad against tight ends, too. They've started to clean it up over their past couple of games, but I don't necessarily buy it. Here, here's the trick for Roethlisberger. If he's going to have one of those 300-yard, three-touchdown games, he's going to need to lean on somebody other than Brown and Juju. Because the Patriots are going to probably double-team both of them on obvious passing downs. And if it's third and five, third and six, Vance McDonald might be his number one read. Yeah, the problem is, like, McDonald's had good matchups, and he doesn't come through. Yeah, he drops a touchdown. He doesn't get enough targets. He's a touchdown or bust tight end, but there's a zillion of those guys. So he's probably toward the top of that zillion. Heath, where's the crap burger this week? Is, Is Vance McDonald in the crap burger? Uh, I think Fans McDonald may be the very top of the crap burger, the top bun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good to know. Sit the DSTs, and that's a that is our Patriots Steelers preview. I guess la- one last question: Would you start Julian Edelman in PPR or Justin Jackson, Damian Williams? Edelman. Let's see. I I think if you're telling me Melvin Gordon's not playing. I would start Justin Jackson. I get, okay. All right. I think I'm going to go Samuels. Well, we've got... Uh, was Samuels one of the choices? I don't know. I thought he was. <laughs> Samuels <laughs> was not one of the choices. but Well, I'm telling uh, you he, he should be. over Justin Jackson. He should be. Okay. 
Well, from Roethlisberger's to real burgers, let's talk about Omaha Steaks. If you get our Omaha Steaks package, you go to omahasteaks.com, you type in FFT in the search bar, you're going to get some burgers in there. You're going to get some steaks. I'll tell you all the amazing food that you are getting. But last year was the 100th anniversary for Omaha Steaks. They are America's original butcher since 1917. And I have been dominating these Omaha Steaks uh, mostly, you know, the sausage, hot dogs are amazing, but the burgers are great. But the steaks, I mean, you can't beat the steaks. Uh, we're giving you 74% off the Omaha Steaks family gift package. This is enough to feed like 100 family. I mean, this is, this is barbecue style stuff here, okay? It's usually $195. How about $49.99? You go to omahasteaks.com. You go to the search bar. You type in FFT. You get this. Four hand-cut top sirloin steaks. Two premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four kielbasa sausages, all beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, and four caramel apple tartlets. And they're so nice, you're going to get four more burgers just for free. I used a package that was similar to this uh, for a family barbecue a few months ago. And we had like 15 to 20 people there, and there was there was plenty of food Um uh, maybe there's more like 12 people. It doesn't matter. There's plenty of food to go around. So go to OmahaSteaks.com, put an FFT in the search bar for $49.99. You get 74% off. You get all of that food, and it's just absolutely delicious. Our next game is, dare I say, the hardest one to project? You guys tell me. Dallas at Indianapolis. Oh, I don't think that's hard to project. Yeah, what's hard about that one? Well, I could see it going either way. I could see it being low scoring. Or I could see it being a 28-24 kind of game. I mean, I don't think it's going to be in the 30s. But but I think you know who you're starting, though. That's the thing. Uh, yes. But um, I guess it's just a matter of how good they're going to be. Uh, couldn't you see a scenario where it's kind of a low-scoring game? Because these defenses are respectable. But also very talented offenses. I think it's going to be a typical Colts game. They can't run. Uh, Dallas will score early. And then the Colts chasing points, and Luck and his receiving core will be fine. The thing I love about this game is you know Amari Cooper is going to dominate targets for Dallas. Oh, he's going to have a monster game. So he's going to be awesome. You know T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron are going to dominate tar- targets for the Colts, so they're going to be awesome. Zeke's awesome. Luck's awesome. I think there are two hard players in this game, and it's Marlon Mack and it's Dak Prescott. Can I go to Luck real quick? Because I, I know he's awesome, but you guys have him second. I, I thought he'd be closer to, like, fifth this week. <laughs> um, you're very confident in him against the Cowboys' defense. The only quarterback that I would consider starting ahead of Luck would be Goff. But even Goff's situation, like, he could end up handing off to Todd Gurley a bunch. Because that, his, yeah. his, I, I feel like we're headed toward a big get-right game for Gurley. Well, it's also a big get-right game for Goff. I mean, yeah, sure. His, his numbers I like them both, but if, if one of those two had a chance of four touchdowns, I think it's luck, not golf. I think they're both in the three touchdown range easy. Uh, just just to clarify, Dave has Mahomes ahead of luck, but the other quarterback would be golf that you'd consider. Right. I thought about putting golf ahead of luck, and I'm not doing it. Okay. Everybody's just, got like, Mahomes. You luck. look at Andrew Luck at home over the last entire season, basically. <laughs> 343 and 3, 297 and 3, 285 and 3. He had the weird game against Buffalo where he only threw for 156, but four touchdowns, 464 and four against Houston. Like, it hasn't matter who who he's played. Oh, here's your stat. Here's the stat of the game. Sorry. No quarterback has scored more than 26 fantasy points against Dallas in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. 26, that's the most all year. Andrew Luck has scored 26 or more in eight of his last nine games. I love it. It's a showdown. All right, so Luck's fine. Luck's stardom over everyone except Mahomes. What about Dak? Heath, you said he's difficult. Um, everybody's got him between 11th and 14th right now. Yeah, I've got him 14th, and I, like the guys in the same range as him, mostly the guys right above him are the ones I really struggle with. Breeze on the road, Russell Wilson and his pass volume. I think those guys are all very similar. I don't think it's a bad thing to start Dak. I'd feel perfectly fine with it, but I, I, can't, I haven't yet found a way to get him in my top 12. The only three quarterbacks to not achieve 20 or more fantasy points against Indianapolis in their last 10 games are Derek Anderson, Marcus Mariota, who played a half, and Cody Kessler. <clears throat> yeah, he Everybody feels- else that they've played has gotten you at least 
20 fantasy points. Six have given you at least multiple touchdowns. And the Colts are giving up five and a half yards per carry to quarterbacks in their last four games. Dak's getting four plus carries a game. I think he's going to continue running. I think he's going to continue playing very well like he has. I think he's a top 12 quarterback and... I, I might talk myself into moving him even higher in my rankings before Sunday comes around. Yeah, my initial rank is I had him 11. Um, I moved him back up to 12 this morning. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's it's a good it's a good spot for him. It's just a matter of which stack you're getting because he's played really well of late. But it's what two games over two games at 30 and then two games under 20. Yeah, and he's played well in all those games. It's not like he's played poorly. Right. It's just a matter of is he getting you the second touchdown? Yeah, and also he threw 54 passes last week against the Eagles. This is he's not going to throw fifty four in again. overtime, in overtime, and uh, and this, the Colts may not have a great secondary, but nobody's is as bad as the Eagles right now. Uh, okay, so Prescott for the first time this year, I'll be starting Prescott over Jameis Winston. I think that's probably an easy call. But uh, would you guys start Prescott or Cam Newton? Dak, Dak, Prescott, How about Dak over Aaron Rodgers. Yep, yep. That was my next question. Prescott or Drew Brees? Dak, I'll take Brees. Ah. <sighs> I currently have Breeze ranked higher. I'm not sure it's going to stay that way. Check the ranking Sunday morning. Yeah, it's a bad spot for Breeze. Dak, from Dak to Mac, Marlon Mack, starter sit. Sit. Tough matchup. Doesn't consistently get enough work. Not a factor in the passing game. This is this is Andrew Luck's game to let it rip. I, I think he's a flex. There are a lot of running backs that I'd like to start over him that you haven't been. There are a lot of running backs that you have been starting that I would start him over. Such so, as? Like, I'd rather start him than Kenyon Drake. I'd rather start him than Tevin Coleman. I'd rather start him than Jordan Howard, Adrian Peterson, Josh Adams. Here's one. How about uh, Chris Ivory? I'd go Mac. I'd go Mac, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eric Ebron must start. Eric Ebron or Jalen Samuels? Uh, Double Sam- E. Samuels. Samuels. Two votes for Samuels. One for the only two tight ends I would start over Samuels are Kelsey and Kittle. Okay. Uh, sitting um, sitting the DSTs? Please. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cleveland's at Denver. That's our next game. We'll talk about it right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. So stat of the game for this one. This is a fun one. Philip Lindsay has only two games of more than 14 carries when Royce Freeman has played. Two games of more than 14 carries. And Ronald Jones is the only running back that scored a touchdown against the Browns with fewer than 16 carries. Let that sink in. And then start Philip Lindsay anyway. 100%. <laughs> so I asked you this on Tuesday's Waiver Wire show. I don't remember the answer. I was listening. I just don't remember. Why are you guys so low on Baker Mayfield? You have him around 20th. I'm a little worried about the upside. I think think this is a low-scoring game for them. Okay. So sit Baker Mayfield. Um, And then Nick Chubb, we we went in-depth on him yesterday, but he does have a tough matchup. You guys just don't seem concerned. Uh, Top 10 guy, Nick Chubb. You have to. Workload has been great for him. They're using him as a pass catcher, and uh, when they're near the goal line, he gets a lot of work, so I feel confident starting him. Both running backs in this game, Chubb and Lindsay, are they better than the recent waiver wire pickups? Samuels? All of them. All of them. All right, start these guys. We won't get cute. Jarvis Landry, we're already debated. If you missed the Jarvis Landry discussion, uh, Dave and Jamie have Landry around 20th. Heath has him about 31st or so. You can listen to that in the rankings dispute section. And then are there any other wide receivers in this game on either side that you would start? Not no. with a smile. No. I think Cortland Sutton, if there's a crap burger at tight end, there's probably a bigger crap burger at wide receiver. And I think Sutton is toward the top of that crap burger. That's also So he's still your favorite Bronco? Uh yeah, I would still take him ahead of Deshaun. What about the one that, what about Tim Patrick? Ooh. 
No, no. I'm still going to take Sutton. The usage was there. He, he dropped a touchdown last week, two deep targets. Um, it will hurt him if Denzel Ward ends up playing. So Ward clears concussion protocol. I would imagine that the Browns would put him on Sutton, and that would probably limit Sutton even further. So, yeah, Cleveland is actually solid against receivers, and that they're 14th against receivers while facing the Chargers, the Steelers twice, the Saints, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Falcons, and the Texans. They've faced some of the very, very best. They quietly have one of the better cornerback units in football. Yeah, but Ward they're, might not play. In fact, yeah, I'm if Ward doesn't won't. play, that changes a lot, but they still have TJ Carey on the outside. He's been very good. Um, they've got Body Calhoun in the slot. Terrence Mitchell filled in last week. They've, they've all been playing very well. The scheme is agreed with the personnel that they have. Greg Williams deserves credit for what he's doing with that unit. I just wish the pass rush was a little bit stronger for them. Well, the secondary benefits because they're pass rush because they are getting after the quarterback. Whether they're getting sacks or not, they're still getting in pressure there. Where do they rank? Do you have any idea in pressures? No. I'll check it out. Uh, David Njoku. Speaking of crap burgers at tight ends, where's David Njoku? And Matt Lacoste is outside the top 20. Don't start Matt Lacoste. What about Njoku? Denver allows the fourth most fantasy points opposing tight ends. Njoku. He is the meat of the crap burger sandwich. He's so he's behind the bun of Vance McDonald. Yes. Okay. Hmm. He, he's around twelve. He's Do you want to know who the lower bun is? Yeah. Who's the lower bun? Uh, Kyle Rudolph. Okay. So from McDonald to Rudolph, there's a bunch of crap in between that. Um, <laughs> all right. That's it for this one. Uh, DSTs sit the Browns. Steelers seventeenth for Jamie, unless that's been updated. Twelve. You mean Broncos? Yep. Yep, Broncos. Don't know why I said Broncos are 17th for Jamie, 12th for Dave, and 7th for Heath. Oakland's at Cincinnati. I already gave the stat about Jordy Nelson and what wide receivers with 7 to 11 targets do against uh, the Bengals. They usually do very well. But here's another stat of the game. Doug Martin. There have been seven running backs with 15 or more carries against the Bengals. Martin has 15 or more carries in three of his last five games. He left one of them early with an injury. And they lost the other one by 17 points. So assuming they're competitive, Martin's trending toward a 15-carry day. The seven running backs who had 15 or more carries against the Bengals, all of them scored 14 or more fantasy points. Hot damn! That's a stat of the day. (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, How much do you like Doug Martin this week? I like him enough to say that he's a number two running back. I think he's got a great shot to score. You mentioned the carries. I think that's going to help him. I wish his rushing average had been better the past couple of weeks. He's going to need to – he needs his offensive line to really come through for him here to help him kind of shake free and get a bunch of five-plus yard gains. Do you need to block the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of part of football. It's an important question because they do have some injuries, including uh, Osemele, on their offensive line. He's one of those guys that I'm nervous to start because of the talent but the opportunity and the matchup are too good to pass up. This this has the feeling of that sneaky game that nobody cares about. That's the most exciting game of I think week. this is the hardest game to project. <laughs> like you said it about Indy Dallas. I think this is because you've just got like a terrible offensive unit against a terrible defensive unit all the time. <laughs> well, who are the who are the guys you're confident? Like Mixon's going to be a beast, right? Should Absolutely. Be. Okay. I'm starting Mixon, I'm starting Boyd, I'm starting Martin. How would you rank as flexes Boyd, Martin, Jordy Nelson? Like that? In PPR, I think I'd probably put Boyd ahead of Martin. Right. Boyd, Martin, Nelson? Yes, in PPR. In non-PPR, I would go Martin, Boyd, Nelson. So how much like, do you guys like Tyler Boyd this week? About the same as every other week for me. He's, He's in that uh, Jarvis Landry yep. situation. Low-end number two receiver range. I have him in that same range. When you look at sleeper wide receivers, would you rather go with John Ross, who has a touchdown in four or five games without A.J. Green, including the game Green left early with an injury, or Jordy Nelson? Jordy. I'll take Ross. Uh, I'll take Jordy and PPR. I'll take Jordy and both. Hmm, okay. Uh, Jared Cook is a must start. Anything else in this game? Oh, De- Derek Carr. Any any quarterbacks that we've been starting most of the year, like a Rodgers? I'd start him over Jameis this week. No, would you start him over Rodgers? No. I, I would not. Okay. I would start him over Mariota. He's played great the last two games. 
Where's he? He's got 19 fantasy points, three of his last four. But I'm still, I still have trepidation. I don't want to start him if I don't have to. Okay. He's great in a two quarterback league. Um, but that Rogers, Cam, Trubisky, I'll take Nick Mullins ahead of Derek Carr. He's okay. not in the same category as Trubisky. Well, we're going to debate Carr? that. We're going to debate that tomorrow. Uh, Uzama, Crapburger. PPR, he's he's going to be good for like six, seven, eight. That's what he's been getting you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be Bengals and Raiders. Let's go to Tampa Bay at Baltimore. Stat of the game. Cameron Brait has played three games without O.J. Howard. He does not have more than 36 yards in any of those three games, but Cameron Brait has five red zone targets in those three games. All five of them were from the 12-yard line or closer, and three of them were from inside the six-yard line. P.S. Baltimore has allowed a touchdown to a tight end in four straight games. I'm kind of bringing it with the stats of the day today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying them, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. There's now, a correlation between the stats of the game and the team name Tuesday on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. It's a good show today. Look, uh, Braid is touchdown or bust, but I, I think based on those trends, a lot of targets inside the 12-yard line. Ravens not so great against tight ends. How do yeah, you feel about I, I'm starting Braid? I'm worried that I have too high. Where do you I've have got him? I've him ninth, and I'm I'm pretty comfortable with that. He's, he's toward the outer edge of planet crap burger <laughs> yeah he's on he's a, he's a I, he's the atmosphere for me he's on top of it like okay yeah he's all he's seventh to ninth for everybody so start camera break uh, any interest at all in Jameis winston no no peyton barber no none mike evans number two yep adam humphreys not much. He's he's on the flex fence in PPR. Number two in PPR. Number two in PPR. Chris Godwin. I'm nervous that his 10-target, one-catch game will lead to fewer targets moving forward. Number four receiver. I'd say number three, <clears throat> but he's touchdown dependent. Would you start Jordy Nelson or John Ross over Humphreys or Godwin? I would not. I would start Jordy over Godwin. I would do that in PPR. Okay, that's the Bucks. How about that? Lamar Jackson. I, I, I do sort of... I, you all have him top 10. Like, he hasn't really deserved that in, in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. And he's had nothing but... Not good, but great matchups. I know Jackson has another one, but... Top 10? This is a matchup where... It's going to be really good for his legs. The Bucks' pass defense has gotten better since they got rid of Mike Smith. And uh, that's great. But their run defense has been consistently poor. This is his toughest matchup. And he hasn't scored more than 22 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown. But are you basically, I'm, you're looking at the quarterback passing stats for it to be his toughest matchup. And it's still a good matchup, even though it's his. Yeah. The Buccaneers are giving up more, more fantasy points than just Chiefs. But lately, they they haven't given up more than 24 in eight straight games. They just held Drew Brees to 16, Cam Newton to 19. I don't think they have a good pass defense. I think it's all garbage. I think it's I think they suck. But so do the Falcons, so do the Chiefs, so do the Bengals, and so do the Raiders. He just hasn't come through. I'm just surprised he's top 10. I hate when I argue against the three people who are paid to do this. But I no, just, it's look. You, no, it's this, this is why you're great at your job. You you bring up questions that sometimes we don't think of. Uh, I I think some of it is a little fluky, like Cam with the shoulder. We really don't know how healthy he is, so what he's playing with. You know what Breeze's track record is outdoors. That's part of it too. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll see. It, it's a gamble. I mean, I, I'm I'm making the the gamble. I'm starting him. Uh, I, I said it. I think on either Sunday or, or on Tuesday. Like one of my tough choices is Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott. Right now I'm going with Lamar Jackson because I just think there's a little bit more upside with him. But that, that may end up being a costly decision for me. I don't know what you do with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I guess I know what I would do because I've got him ranked higher. But Lamar Jackson versus Phillip Rivers on Thursday. Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. Um, th- those are some tougher choices for me. I'm starting him over Rivers. I think I am too. I, I, I think that this is a game where the Ravens just run the ball like crazy. And Lamar Jackson will be a big part of that. I think he can throw for one. I think he can run for one. 
And I think he can get you 70 yards rushing on top of it and low passing yardage. I'm not starting him for his passing yardage. Mm -hmm. I also think he could play a mistake-free game here, too. I hope so. And I think that even four-point per passing touchdown leagues, you know, completely makes sense. I get it. Uh, But, you know, we we like Matt Ryan to bounce back. Not bounce back, but because he ended up with a good game last week. But we like Ryan. Cousins going to bounce back. Uh, so just some big names that you guys have Lamar Jackson over. Not every, the rankings are different for each analyst. So you'd have to check the rankings page. It's too much to get into right now. But okay, that's your Lamar Jackson discussion. Okay, what do you think about uh, Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon, guys? I'm a little worried that Kenneth Dixon's going to get more of the work. If he gets the same amount of the work and gets the nine carries and Dixon gets 16, or Edwards gets 16, then I think Edwards is going to be great. Edwards is a low-end number two for me. Dixon's a good flex. I think that sums it up nicely. If this were a game where they where Jameis ends up playing well and, and they're in a competitive matchup, I wouldn't be surprised if Dixon played more. But I think they control the clock, they control the ground game, and that's perfect for Gus Edwards. Would you rather have Gus Edwards or Doug Martin this week? Martin. Martin. Uh, definitely Martin and PPR. I think I prefer Gus and none. The, the great thing about the Ravens is they're going to run it 50 times. So like, yeah, Lamar Jackson will have 10 or 15 carries and Kenneth Dixon could take 10 carries. There's still 18 carries for Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards or Dante Pettis? Uh, format. Edwards, non-PPR, Pettis, PPR. Yep. Okay. <sighs> Do we miss... Do we... Miss anybody? You're not starting a wide receiver, are you, for Baltimore? No. No. Is this going to be two, str- two straight weeks where the Bucks keep a wide receiver out of the end zone? I wouldn't be surprised if one of them scored. You just can't figure out who it is. Right, right. right. You know, he, he'll take some shots with John Brown. That's been the case. Last week they connected. The week before they missed. Um, yeah, it's just it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I do love Lamar Jackson and DFS. Ravens, six for Jamie, fifth for Dave. And Heath has him 10th. You can start that Ravens DST. Houston at the Jets. So if you want to hear about Deshaun Watson or Robbie Anderson, please check out our rankings disputes segment. We talked about them earlier. I think Lamar Miller uh, is certainly worth discussing here. Over his last seven games, which is actually eight weeks, so so eight weeks, which is seven games and a bye for him, he's the number 12 running back in non-PPR. He's 15th in PPR, Lamar Miller. And it's a very good matchup, right? Do you, do you have any hesitation starting Lamar Miller? You're starting him. Number two running back. Mm-hmm. Are you leaning toward Damian Williams, Justin Jackson, Jalen Samuels ahead of Lamar? Yes. Yes. Is there a reason why? Is it, has that more to do with the other guys or Lamar or what? More upside. To me, Lamar Miller is a good floor play. But the ceiling is always risky, as we saw last week, where Alfred Blue all of a sudden looked like he's playing better than him. And, and I think there's at least a little bit of concern about the floor just because they have those weird games where Alfred Blue gets more carries than he does. Yeah. yeah. Alfred... And last week he was saved by a touchdown. <laughs> Alfred Blue has had 13 to 15 carries in four of his last six games. That's weird. It, I, I don't – I can't make any sense of it. They just like using multiple running backs. They don't want to put too much on Lamar's plate. They run Sound a lot. Sound familiar? It's the story of Lamar Miller's career. <laughs> they do run a lot. Uh, any wide receivers other than DeAndre Hopkins in this game? And yes, for yes, Robbie Anderson for Heath. No for Dave and Jamie. But uh, other than Hopkins, do you want to start? I, I moved Anderson up to where I said he's in the 40s. Okay. Uh, how about tight ends in this game? Jordan Thomas, Chris Herndon? They're both low end streamers that you're you're gonna pick up and use if you missed out on the, Ian Thomas. It's a good spot for Herndon. If you go to a Man. diner Sorry. and you get like a really, really good burger that's just super, super juicy, mm. but then you get it to take it home mm. and by the time you get home the bottom bun's all soggy and there's just this pile of grease in the in the bag. Mm. Herndon and Thomas are that grease. Herndon. Don't forget about Ryan Griffin too. He led them in targets at the time last week. Herndon is 64% owned. He's coming off a really bad game, but Buffalo allows the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. That was Herndon last week. This week he faces Houston. They give up the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends, including 65 yards and a touchdown to Ebron last week. 
Gronkowski, Jeff Swaim, Jeff Hireman, John U. Smith, Anthony Ferkser all had season highs in yards against the Texans. Jordan Reed came within four yards of his season high. I've given that stat before. So it's a much better matchup for Herndon this week than it was last week. Yeah. Is <laughs> not feeling it? I, I'm just, I don't know if I can trust the Jets to do anything right. Uh, do you trust Elijah McGuire, guys? I don't know if I can trust the Jets to do anything <laughs> right. I like, I like the situation for him if he's the only guy. And so he's been uh, doing a decent job in the past game since he's taken over that Bilal Powell role. I think you can use him as a flex this week. Yeah, I there's a lot of running backs that I like him over. A lot of them. Uh, okay, go on. Elijah McGuire over. You want me to name them all? Just a few. Todd Gurley. Marlon Mack. That's a Agreed. good one. Okay. Josh Adams. Agree. Adrian Peterson, Josh Agreed. Jordan Howard, Agreed. Tevin Coleman. Agree. Um, and this is the one where you won't Jamie won't agree. But I'd take him over James White in non PPR. Uh I think I'm back to back, so I don't know okay. that I'd take him over Sony Michelle in PPR. I do wish it were a better matchup for him, but it's a it's a good opportunity for no, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? What happened? What I say? Two weeks ago you were right. But I said Elijah McGuire over Sony Michelle in PPR, and you eviscerated me. Oh, you wanted me to come back at this? Yes. Of course I'm going to agree with you this week if, if uh, Crowell is out for the first time in his career. Two weeks ago, Isaiah Crowell was perfectly healthy, and you were taking <laughs> you were taking James White. You, what was it again? Oh, no, you were taking Sony Michelle, uh, McGuire ahead of Michelle in PPR. It was yep. bonkers. Uh, um. But good job. Now it makes sense, Heath. I'm on board. Heath Island has two members. Jamie said it, not me. Oh, okay. The uh, the Texans, for what it's worth, as good as their run defense has been, they've given up a touchdown to running back in two straight games. Uh, I think they've given up a rushing touchdown in six straight games to a running back. Um, Houston has not allowed. Let's see, has allowed six rushing touchdowns to running backs in their last six games. So not quite consecutive. But, yeah, they're letting guys in the end zone. Yeah, the Tennessee, no one scored against them in week 11. Okay. Week 12, excuse me. All right, we got two crappy games left. Detroit at Buffalo. Uh, I gave this stat on Tuesday's show, but here it is again. The Lions, I'm sort of intrigued by this. Probably not much of a rhyme or reason, but they allow by far the fewest rushing yards per game to quarterbacks. They have faced Prescott, Trubisky, Aaron Rodgers, for what that's worth, Russell Wilson, and Cam Newton. And they give up like five rushing yards per game to to quarterbacks. We we've got another uh, Melvin Gordon tweet from Ian Rappaport. What do we got? The Chargers are promoting Troy Maine Pope. Yeah. Oh boy. From the practice squad for tonight's game against the Chiefs. Melvin Gordon has been pushing to play, and there's no decision yet. But Troy Maine Pope has been promoted. Well, they never replaced Eckler, right? Or Gordon? They Newsom replaced yeah, Gordon. Newsom. Wasn't he already on the active roster? They promoted him up there. I I guess yeah, it's not sounding good for Gordon. You know. Josh Allen, sounding good for him. How do you feel about him this week? Low end starter. I don't know how much I, I'm I'm a little worried about just how much running he'll actually do. This is a defense in Detroit that just is not able to rush the passer. They just lost their best pass rusher for the year. I mean, he just faced a team that doesn't rush the passer, and he ran for over 100 yards. I just my my biggest thing is I I don't like what do you want to project Josh Allen for on a per carry basis? His yards per carry 25. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, like in the last three weeks, he's been right around 10 yards per carry, and I I I can't believe that's going to teams are just not accounting for it, and they they have to. Yeah, three straight games, but of again, it's not designed yards. runs. Right, it's and the Dolphins put a spy on him, and he made Kiko Alonso look silly. Hmm. And you've got a good point with the Jets. It's not like they've got a great pass rush either. They were getting close to him, and when they were, he was escaping the pocket and picking up big yards. It's also their offense is doing this by design as well. You said it the other day they're playing. Everybody's playing man against them, and so when everyone's back is turned, he just takes off and runs. Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers? Josh Allen. It's Allen. Uh, I still have Aaron Rodgers one spot ahead of Josh Allen. All right. In four point per pass touchdown leagues, definitely Allen. Yeah, so Allen is 15th, 16th, and 18th in the rankings for Jamie David Heath. Where do you think he'd be in four point per passing touchdown leagues? Would he move ahead of Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins? Yes. 
Yeah, he'd be close to a top 12 quarterback for uh, me. Um, Do you have an answer? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So, I think I would put him <laughs> at 13. I've, I move him up to 15. Are but, you starting any running backs in this game? No. 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 But I mean, Zach Zander and Chris Ivey are interesting flex options if you're stuck. And Theo Riddick, the standard 10 in PPR. Also, to clarify on a wide receiver in this game, I had expressed some excitement for Isaiah McKenzie earlier in the week. As If Chris Ivory plays, that excitement will uh, no longer Well, he could exist. still get a couple of end-arounds. Right, he could get two, like but DJ Moore's going to get that every week. But Zay Jones, I mean, Zay Jones is getting nine targets in three of his last four games. I know he had a bad game last week. Uh, would, any interest in Zay Jones? Or not a lot. Any interest in anybody not named Kenny Galladay? Not a lot. All right. Galladay is a safe start this week. He's top 20 for you guys? Yep. I'm He's starting that mess. Tough matchup, but we talked about that on yesterday's show, so please check that out. And final game is Washington at Jacksonville. Stat of the game, this game is terrible. Would you start <laughs> anyone other than Leonard Fournette? The defenses. Yep. The defenses are okay. Uh, I don't mind Vernon Davis if you're really desperate at tight end. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so Vernon Davis or we'll get in the burger here. Or David Njoku. I'm starting Vern. I think I'm going to go Vernon in PPR. Vernon Davis or Jimmy Graham? Vernon. Vern. Vernon Davis or Vance McDonald, the top bun of the crap burger? Vance. Yeah, yeah. Vernon Davis is the pickles. But I would take Anthony Ferkser over a lot of the guys you just said. He's the pickles of the crap burger. Don't call him the pickles because pickles are the worst food on planet Earth. They are flavor dominators. You're, you're, you're no, they're the pickles are wonderful. Pickles are the next bet I lose because I hate them almost as much Good. as I hate Good. So the two, the two bets you owe me, one, you have to eat um, as many pickles as I term. I am adding this <laughs> to the uh, list, by the way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have to really list? the list of things that are future bets or the list of stupid things Adam has ever. I, I've been, been maintaining a list on Twitter of Adam's stupidest statements. Yeah, and pickles are the worst food on earth. Well, definitely, p- pickles are second worst behind beans. Beans are my least favorite. Pickles are are maybe maybe pickles are worse. I think pickles Wait, are my least favorite food. Are you putting all beans in the same category? Pretty much. There's not. Well, I'm not like green beans. But like well, refried for a bean. Okay, but I'm talking like you go to Rex restaurant, you have rice and beans or something like that. Those are disgusting. Beans are gross. So black beans. Black beans, yeah. Refried, pinto, all that stuff. Gross. What about jelly beans? Jelly beans are okay. Only some flavors. <laughs> oh, we're out of here. Thanks for listening to the Thursday show. Back tomorrow with a recap. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Good stuff for you, though. More news Wish on Melvin Gordon. Uh, my favorite type of bean is gagalai. Na, 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 na. na, na, na.